We're through 60 minutes and beyond. This is the Flames Talk Post Game Show, now available on Apple and Spotify. Here's Pat Steinberg. Let's get our Flames Talk Post Game Show underway right now. My name is Pat Steinberg, following a 3 2 shootout loss in Vancouver. And let's kick things off by going right back to Rogers Arena on the West Coast and check in with Calgary's Dylan Dubé. Uh, Dylan, uh, a lot of good. The result, not that you're looking for. I, I'm just curious as to how you're feeling after this one tonight. Uh, you know, I battled back, played hard tonight. I think our start, first period, uh, kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit, but we battled back. Um, no, I think uh, it's a good effort for sure. And, you know, we're going to keep moving on, and, um, you know, anything can happen. We're, we're in good, good spirits. Dylan, after 40 minutes of play, you played such a good second period, but you're still down by two. What was the mood in the locker room going into the third period? And, and obviously you were able to erase the deficit. Yeah, I think we created that momentum in the second that we needed. And, um, you know, when you have that momentum, I think uh, guys feel good and we had confidence we can get back in that hockey game. Can you talk about Elias Lindholm's night? Not just the goal, but geez, he gets stopped by Demko on that incredible save, and, and Demko seemed to have his number, but Elias was flying tonight from our vantage point, but you're on the same line with him. What did you see from number 28? Yeah, he, bat- he battled really hard tonight. I thought he he made our line go tonight, and um, we had a lot of credit just from the being on the right side of the puck and the design. I think he created you know, pretty much every single one of our rushes and our chances through his work, so... Um, you know, we we succeeded from his work tonight. Final thought for you, Dylan, as uh, you talked about groups in good spirits after this one, despite not getting the result. What's uh, what's the mindset? I, I, I would imagine the mindset hasn't changed with now two games to go and it's still run the table and win out, hey? Yeah, it's an important game tomorrow. We need to, or Monday, sorry. Yeah. And uh, be ready to go. I think anything can happen. We just need to win win our next game and go from there. Dylan, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this. Good luck on Monday, hey? Thank you. That's Dylan Dubé, post-game in Vancouver, where the Flames battle back to get the one and not the two points. And I'm curious as to how Flames fans are feeling after this one. I'm curious as to how the boys, Lou and Derek, are feeling after this one. As we're underway on your Flames Talk post-game show, head coach Daryl Sutter coming up pretty shortly as well. Flames Talk post-game available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. For all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Pat Steinberg, Peter Labardius, Derek Wills around the table. And, you know, Lou, you just hear that from, from Dylan. I saw you nodding your head a couple times because I think that his uh, synopsis of the game is exactly what it you is. saw throughout the game. But I'm curious, you know, sometimes in a season you come back and you gain the extra point in a situation like Calgary was in tonight. They were down 2 nothing after 40. Uh, they fight back and they get the single point. But with the stakes the way they are, I think that it would also be fair to say they lost a point when they needed two tonight. I'm curious as to how you look at this one after what we just saw for 65-plus minutes in Vancouver. Well, I would start with the effort ahead of the result, and it's not enough as far as the result is concerned. And I'll repeat what I said right before we went to break, and that is I really liked their last two periods. I did not like their first. And in the end, 
it costs them a game. And you also have to tip your cap to Thatcher Demko, yep. who made some spectacular stops. Um, you know, I thought Jacob was excellent as well. The last two periods, it was a very entertaining hockey game, played very well by the visitors. But you put yourself in a tough situation again. You hung with it. Listen, I give these guys a lot of credit. I really do. It's been such a hard year, and there they were again with a reason to go away, and they, they won't go away, and they will not go away until it's time to go away. Yep. Pat, I kind of see it from both sides because if this was earlier in the season or if they weren't in the position that they're in, needing every single point, I think I would come out of this game feeling really really good about how they battled yeah. back down 2 nothing to start the third period and, and got a point out of it and had plenty of opportunities to win the game in regulation time and in overtime. The shootout was less than inspiring. I'm not going to lie. Thatcher Demko, who made a lot of great saves in the first 65 minutes, didn't have to make one on three shots in the shootout. But on the other side, I don't know why getting off to good starts has been such a challenge for them. Mm -hmm. And it's been a season-long theme, more so at home than on the road. But it's happened on the road as it did against the Canucks in Vancouver tonight. And again, they put themselves behind the eight ball. I think you guys would agree that if they had played the same way in the first 20 minutes that they did in the last 45 minutes, this game wouldn't have gone to overtime. The Flames would have won it in regulation time and would be once again tied with the Jets for the final playoff spot. But a tough start, and you're in a two-goal hole through 20 minutes. You play a good second period and can't put a puck past Thatcher Demko. You play a good third period, you put two past him and pick up a point. And lots of opportunities in overtime to get the second one. Oh. But uh, both sides. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're they're in a tough spot now. Yeah, they are. Because even if they win out, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them do that, they need a lot of help now. They basically need the Jets to play 500 hockey, less than 500 hockey. They've got three games Five, left. 500 hockey will yeah. do it for the Jets. And if the Jets get three points in their last three games, then uh, they will eliminate the Flames. So. We'll see. All you can do is try to win the game against the Predators on Monday, and if you do that, then they can't catch you. So you don't have to worry about them being in your rearview mirror anymore. And if you win that game, then you try to win your game against the Sharks on Wednesday, and who knows, guys? We might have to wait until Thursday to figure out how this thing's going to end. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, uh, or even Friday, depending on how things go. Right, um, if it's Nashville. If, I, I don't think after tonight it's going to be Nashville, but uh, who knows? Uh, the Preds play two after Calgary's final game. The Jets play their final game the following day. Flames finish off Wednesday against San Jose after Monday's game against Nashville, and the Jets finish their year in Colorado on Thursday of this week. We're underway on Flames Talk post game. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course live right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan guys and and Derek want to pick up on on the question that you asked why it's been such an issue getting off to really good starts. You take a look at um, the, the the last few games they've played didn't get off to a great start against Chicago and mind their start against Winnipeg that was a that, that was a pretty close game start to finish but Chicago not great Anaheim not great the last game in Vancouver not great is it nerves is it the the gravity of the situation Derek Lou talks a lot about the the 
kind of stress that goes into chasing a season and now you're at crunch time. That's that's my my, my hypothesis is just the, the gravity of the situation can sometimes get in the way. Maybe that's excuse making. I don't know. But they whatever it is, they got to get past it if they're going to want to give themselves a shot. I don't think that's it. I mean, this is a veteran team. We're not talking about uh, a young team that doesn't have a ton of experience behind the bench, on the bench, and on the ice. Mm-hmm. This is a team with a bunch of guys who have won Stanley Cups or at least made long runs in the playoffs, and that was supposed to be a strength of this Flames team. So I don't think that's it. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, depends who you talk to. Some players will tell you that it's their job to get prepared to play and and I do think that ultimately it is their job but you talk to coaches who will say that it's their job to get the players ready to play so maybe a little bit of both there but this has been a trend again more so at home than on the road but it has happened too many times on the road as well I don't know why there isn't the same sense of urgency to start games uh, as there is as games go on, especially if the Flames fall behind. It's almost like when they fall behind, it's like, okay, we better turn it up a notch or two here. Why can't they start that way? Why can't they play with that type of desperation from the drop of the puck in the first period? It's a question I've been asking myself all season long, and quite frankly, Pat, if I had the answer, maybe I'd be the head coach of the team, Hmm. but I don't have it. I'm not sure anybody has it, including the guys in that dressing room. Yeah. I feel exactly the same, fellas, except for one thing. Yeah. I've found it to be a much bigger issue at home this year than I have on the road, even though it's an issue tonight. Yeah. So. Let's get to tonight's save of the game. Jacob Markstrom getting the start uh, in against his former team in his former building. Save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. And he wasn't as busy as tonight's number one star. Thatcher Demko was was on merit, the best player in this game, and, and the biggest reason why the Canucks win. But Jacob, solid night again. And Jacob Markstrom's save of the game comes in a wild overtime. <laughs> Hughes with three seconds left. Spins and shoots, and Markstrom stops the redirect from Besser right before the buzzer. That ends up being one of the 30 stops made by Jacob Markstrom tonight, and that is his save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. And, Lou, the best save of the game was Thatcher Demko's. Oh. Uh, he made two post-to-post absolute beauties the one on Lindholm in the second period is one of the saves of the year and that one on Kadri in overtime wasn't wasn't too shabby either um when it's all said and done though Jacob had to make some big stops as well first period kept it two nothing and even in the final 40 as the Flames were pushing because of that push they got a little loose at times and he had to be very very strong I thought a a really well goaltended game tonight it absolutely was, and, you know, those two guys went toe-to-toe. Um, Jacob's best work came as the game went on, but at 2 nothing, Pat, it really felt like he might have to shut the door the rest of the night. Yeah. And, you know, you really can't ask for much more. He didn't see the first one and, you know, did not have much of a chance on number two. So he gave you another terrific effort tonight yeah I thought he was one of their best players again Uh, as Lou pointed out earlier Daryl Sutter has said that his two best players down the stretch have been Jacob Markstrom and Mackenzie Wieger I actually thought Wieger had a bit of a tough night by his standards 
But Markstrom did what the goaltender's job is, and that's to get, give the team in front of him a chance to win the hockey game. And if it wasn't for Thatcher Demko's heroics, I think we'd probably be talking more about how good Jacob Markstrom was in this game because I can't fault him for either goal against tonight. And that was a beautiful move by Andre Kuzmenko on the shootout winner as well. Just outweighed yeah. Jacob Markstrom and then put the puck right under the bar and into the top corner. Uh, his second shootout winner of the season versus the Flames. So, yeah, I thought Jacob Markstrom was terrific tonight. And uh, obviously, you go back to him for another must-win game against the Predators on Monday. Yep, no doubt about that. He'll, uh, what'll be that? That'll be nine consecutive starts on Monday against Nashville? Yeah, that'll be... Uh, Nine straight starts and 18 of the last 19, and he will appear in his uh, 21st game in the last 22 games uh, on Monday night. He has been their workhorse at last check going into the weekend. Anyway, going into Good Friday, no goalie in the NHL had played more since March 1st nope. than Jacob Markstrom. That's still the case. And that is still the case. Yeah. And, Will, he just played 65 more, so that will <laughs> remain the case. Flames lose 3-2 in a shootout on the road in Vancouver tonight. It's Pat Steinberg, Derek Wills, Peter Labardius on your Flames Talk postgame show. Let's head back to Rogers Arena right now. Check in with head coach Daryl Sutter. He just wrapped things up post-game following his team's shootout loss. Seem to have a, good, a lot of good luck coming back against these guys. Not luck, but good effort. I mean, do you take that away? Or given the stakes right now, it's hard to feel happy with the point. Yeah, you know what? I think Vancouver came out flying in the first period. I think I thought we played a decent period, and the shorty could have killed us. Right, soft play. And I think we slowly took over in a lot of areas, and then we couldn't solve Demko. Fought, fought back. Can't ask much more than that. Where did you see that that slow takeover start in the second? Yep, I think you know. I, yeah, I would say we dominated the second half of the game. Overtime seemed a bit chaotic. What was your view? Could have been four or five goals. What about, uh, what did you get from Elias Lindholm here tonight? It seemed like he played a lot of minutes. I don't know, I don't have no sheets or nothing, but he played a lot. So there, a lot of face-offs. Scored the goal early, third, get us back into it. In terms of scoring, uh, kill, penalty kill. So involved in all parts. Of the game. I thought the line was really, really good. Uh, Dylan had a lot of jump. What about the fourth line? It looked like you used them quite a bit in the, uh, the third. Well, they got scored on in the first period, but that was we have we we have the puck entering the zone instead of driving it at Demko. We don't do it, so then they come back down and score. But I think after that, they hey, you need this time of year. You don't need. Not going to get by with two and a half lines. We have one line not very good tonight. Probably cost a point. You said the first was more about what they were doing. Yeah, I thought they came out flying, really. You know, it's home last home game, all that stuff, right? And I think once we got through that, and obviously the shorthanded goal could have killed us. Important to have a short memory heading into Monday. Pardon? Is it important to have a short memory? Probably, yeah. You know, what's that old line? If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember nothing. 
There you go. That is head coach Daryl Sutter postgame following a 3-2 shootout loss on the road in Vancouver. Uh, let's select tonight's player with heart now. Brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. Lou, which way are you leaning on the player with heart tonight? Elias Lindholm. Eight shots on that. Yeah, he was unbelievable. <laughs> you know, played a lot, over 20 minutes. Good defensively. Finally stayed with it long enough to solve the riddle at least a little bit. So... Yeah, it's, it's, you know, you need your best people to be at their best, and I thought he was clearly at his best tonight, and his line not even close in terms of which line was the best line tonight. Elias Lindholm, your player with heart tonight, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit heartfit.ca. That line uh, ended up being on the ice for 12 scoring chances, 4-7 against, including 6-3 high danger opportunities uh, individually tonight. At all strengths, uh, Elias Lindholm was all over it. 11 shot attempts. Every single, I've never seen this before, guys. Every single one of Lindholm's shot attempts came from at least a medium danger area. So every one of them classified a scoring chance. So 11 attempts, 11 scoring chances, six high danger scoring chances, all on Lindholm's stick. He was the best skater on the ice in this one. And I thought Elias Pettersson played an incredible hockey game tonight, but Elias Lindholm was the best player that wasn't named Thatcher Demko in tonight's game. Yeah, Elias was good, but Elias was better. <laughs> he could have had two hat tricks I tonight. Even, I didn't even pick up on it's that. It's a good line. Well done. Yeah, he was outstanding, and it had been a tough stretch for him, guys. I thought he was looking a little bit tired. He came into this game pointless in four and goalless with two assists in his last seven. And wasn't generating as many chances as we're used to seeing him generate. But tonight was not one of those nights. And this was a, a must-win game. And I know the Flames didn't win it, but they did pick up an important point in it. Thanks in large part to Elias Lindholm. He was outstanding tonight. And if he plays uh, as well as he did tonight in the last two games, he'll give the Flames a chance to win those as well. Um, also, just wanted to give a quick tip of the hat. I, I thought Nazem Kadri really came to play tonight. He, he battled. He, he's been very, very, and, and rightfully so, much maligned of late. And, and that game against Chicago was completely unacceptable. But I thought in a huge game, I thought Kadri battled, and, and that line spent a lot of time on the attack in this game as well. Okay, uh, time for some final thoughts following a 3-2 shootout loss in Vancouver. Eight in the book, two to go this regular season, but the Flames have uh, not been eliminated yet. They still have life in this playoff uh, race, even if it's a little less life than they had prior to this game in Vancouver. Some final thoughts from our broadcast duo, starting with Derek Wills. Yeah, I just have mixed feelings about this game, and I suppose that's fitting because I really have mixed feelings about this entire 2022-2023 season for the Calgary Flames. They've done a lot of really good things in their first 80 games, but not enough consistently and haven't found enough ways to win consistently. Mm -hmm. uh, tonight was one of those nights. Did not like the start. Uh, still having a hard time wrapping my head around why they struggled to start so many games late, whether that be five minutes in or 20 minutes in. But on the flip side... This is a team that on March 5th was seven points out of a playoff spot. Seven. Yep. On April 5th, they were in a tie with the Jets for the second wild card spot in the Western Conference. This team, with 
the roller coaster ride that they've been on this season. And I don't think they've had a ton of fun. They could have taken their ball and gone home, so Many to speak. Times. But they haven't done that. And they're not going to do that in their final two games. I can guarantee you that because that's just not how they're wired. That's not what they're made of. So in this game tonight, you give them a ton of credit for playing at a really high level in the final 45 minutes. And guys, as bad as the first period was, they were so good in the second and third periods, they still should have won this hockey game. Thatcher Demko goalied them. He made two of the best saves I've seen all season. That first one he made on Lindholm was one you're going to be seeing on highlight reels for the rest of the season and probably all summer long and maybe even longer than that. Yep. So if you're the Flames, basically I don't think your approach changes because you were of the mindset that you had to win out. And that still has to be your mindset going into Monday's game against the Predators. All you can do is win your last two games at home versus the Predators and versus the Sharks. And then you see what the Jets do. The Jets only need three points in their final three games to eliminate the Flames, but won't be easy. They've got uh, what looks like an easy game on paper coming up against the Sharks, and then two tough ones against the Wild, who have Kaprizov back, and the defending Stanley Cup champion Avalanche, who might have Makar back for that game. Might want to get one in before the playoffs. So we'll see. We'll take it one game at a time and try to live to play another day. Pat, kind of the moral of the whole season in some ways not perfect there was a lot to like but there were passengers tonight and they couldn't afford it and you heard it from Daryl and I think the line he was referring to was the backland line which is kind of somewhat odd in its own right so I give this team so much credit for fighting and battling mm-hmm. But it will go down as a season where they just would not make it any easier. And now it's as close to being sunk as it can be without getting there. But you never know. You never know. Never thought I'd say this, but I hope it's not the last time we're calling a game from this vantage point this season. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. I'd be happy to be back here uh, sometime after Wednesday. Two more regular season games. They're both home games, Monday and Wednesday. Not sure the practice situation, so I'll either see you boys Sunday or Monday. See you boys. Okay, good night, Pat. Sounds good. Peter Labardius and Derek Wills signing off on this Saturday night following a 3-2 shootout loss in Vancouver. By the way, our marquee matchup tonight brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. We were looking at Calgary's fourth line in this game, the line of Trevor Lewis between Milan Lucic and Walker Dewar. That line was so good Wednesday in that that season-saving win over the Winnipeg Jets. And in a lot of ways, they were the biggest difference why the Flames were able to win that game in Winnipeg. Tonight wasn't as impactful a night. Not like they were bad the, or, or or off it the entire night, but as, as especially in the earlier stages, they really struggled. Uh, and when it's all said and done, they did bleed chances. 8-1 were scoring chances. Vancouver with the Lewis line out there, including 2-0 at high danger. They were buried at 5-on-5 five five in their own zone. So was nowhere near as good a night for that line Lucic, Lewis and Dewar on this 
Saturday night. Okay, Elias Lindholm was outstanding. He sparked the comeback tonight with his 22nd of the year, just 38 seconds into the third period. It wasn't a completed comeback, but he did spark the Flames to get on the board with one point. Let's hear from Elias Lindholm post-game as we take you back to the Flames locker room at Rogers Arena in Vancouver. Elias, maybe just kind of describe what this game was like, obviously coming back, fighting back, but uh, end up falling a little short. Yeah, tough first period, and, and obviously last two periods we were dominating. Uh, had a lot of chances. Had a lot of chances to, to you know, score score some more goals, and and uh, I think we could have put this game away earlier than uh, than uh, you know what happened out there, and, and then we went to shoot out, and and uh, they won. So uh, you know, tough loss. Uh, just gotta regroup and and uh, go again on Monday and, and Wednesday, and and you know anything can happen. So just gotta regroup and, and focus on Monday. When did you really start to feel things shift in this game? No, right away in the second. Yeah. I, thought, I thought we were playing well, uh, had a lot of awesome time and a lot of chances. So uh, the last two periods were playing well and just had to play that way in the first and, and uh, or bury our chances. We could have won the game. How good was Dan Cole? Yeah, he made some nice saves. Obviously, you know, he's a good goalie. Uh, so, yeah. How important is it to have a short memory as you head into Monday's game? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a huge game. Uh, you know, Nashville is uh, fighting too, and, and it's going to be a good game. Uh, just, uh, you know, uh, sour taste from this one, and, and uh, um, you know, it's going to be uh, sting a little bit uh, tonight, and, and uh, you know, right back to practice tomorrow, and then we go again. Seemed like your line had no shortage of opportunities and offensive zone time tonight. What did you make of just the work and maybe the looks you did have? No, we were. Uh, I thought we played pretty well. A lot of chances and and uh, you know could have scored some more, but uh, you know just got to bear down. There you go. That is Elias Lindholm post-game following his team's 3-2 shootout loss to the Vancouver Canucks. But what a night for Lindholm. He was on it all night and scored a huge goal and could have scored about seven more when it was all said and done. Thatcher Demko did have his number but not on the uh, the goal 38 seconds into the third period. I'll tell you that much. Okay, phone lines are open at 403-240-4444 on this Saturday night. Text line is open at 960-960. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show. Give us a call. 403-240-4444. Fire us a text at 960-960 as we continue along from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. For all things basement-y, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Your phone calls, your texts around the corner, Flames Talk postgame on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Alpine Credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hey, it's George Russick. And Matty Rose. We host the big show with Russick and Rose. If you miss us weekday mornings on Sportsnet 960 to fan, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, download the podcast on demand. So many places that you can find the podcast wherever you get your favorite NHL, NFL, CFL, MLB, the stories that sports fans in Calgary want to hear. We got it for you. We are the big show. 
continue breaking down the game, plus take your calls and texts. This is the Flames Talk Post Game Show on Sportsnet 960, The Fan, or on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, your final score, Flames fall 3-2 in a shootout to the Vancouver Canucks at Rogers Arena in Game 80, uh, coupled with Winnipeg's win over the Nashville Predators. They beat them 2-0 in Winnipeg earlier on Saturday. Uh, the Flames are almost at a runway, but they're still mathematically alive and and you know not as um not not as completely out of it as had they not come back to win this game first of all give the flames a ton of credit you know the bad start yeah that you should be critical of that because it's got to stop happening but at the same time the the flames who have shown over the last month that they are a resilient group and have no interest in rolling over despite all the other criticisms that you can levy at the flames this year their ability to to stay resilient and stay in this fight i believe deserves them a tip of the hat or or earns them a tip of the hat that being said uh the situation is is now pretty dire dire so uh calgary's elimination number coming into this game was three or six point with the loss in a shootout it drops by 0.5 and then winnipeg's win drops it by a further one down to 1.5 or three points that means any three points lost by Calgary gained by Winnipeg or any combination thereof will officially mean the Flames can't catch the Jets and thus would eliminate them from playoff contention so realistically uh, the Flames can't lose again they need to win out and by doing that it puts a little more pressure on Winnipeg the Jets controlled this thing all along they didn't move fully, um, or, or they didn't kick the Flames completely out of the car tonight, but they moved them a little further away uh, and, and maybe got one hand off the steering wheel or something like that. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out. It's going to be an interesting finish, but this one, bit of a gut punch, and it's going to be tough for the Flames. I, uh, let's be perfectly honest. Uh, if we're just being realistic about it, it it's going to be difficult even if they win their final two games Monday and Wednesday. Okay, it's Pat Steinberg with you on your Flames talk post game coming at you from the Doug Lacey's basement systems downtown studio lots to not like lots to like about tonight's game curious as to where you are after this one phone lines open at 403-240-4444 and now to the text line at 960 960 this says the flames don't deserve to make the playoffs losing to a team missing so many key players and using american league backups and defensemen that have only played a couple of games and the flames have been very lucky health-wise no excuses just not good enough uh, this from Cliff. The season was not lost tonight or even on Tuesday. It was lost in November and December and January and February. Maybe if they miss the playoffs, the powers that be can look at this team with intellectual honesty and return next year with a team that can have sustained success. You know, when when talking about that, and like remember in October, we were talking about a 5-1 and one start, the best start through six games in franchise history. And then it all went completely off the rails. Uh, what, right after that, they, uh, or, or shortly after that, they uh, lost the, the seven in a row, and, and that put them really behind the eight ball. And, and since that time, they've kind of been fighting from behind after such a great start. They lost the, what is it, one, two, three, four, yeah, seven in a row after the 5-1 and one start. They lost seven straight, and that, 
put them in a situation where they were chasing more than they would have liked. And they've had good stretches. They've had poor stretches. But since that 5-1 and one start, they've kind of just been above 500, not significantly above. And even with this stretch, like they're 5-1-1 one and one in their last seven. When you lose seven in a row that early, you put yourself behind the eight ball, it can be tough to dig out of, and, and that's what we're seeing right now if you're the Flames. Uh, this says, I'd love to understand the thought process in Sutter's head to put Kadri in that shootout. The guy has been checked out for two months. Lindholm is one of the best, one of his best games, but somehow you still choose Kadri. I don't get it. So many people defend Sutter, but you can't defend the choices he's made this year, which have cost the team so many games. I do agree. I would have liked to see Lindholm in the shootout um you know the one the, the guy that I wouldn't have put in is Huberto if I'm being perfectly honest with the way that he was playing now I I don't like to nitpick shootout choices all that much but I would have put Lindholm in with the way that he's playing and the other thing is I didn't have a problem with Kadri going in last time Flames were in a shootout Kadri scored the goal to keep it going in one of his biggest moments as a flame so far in Minnesota and so I would have kept Kadri in the shootout I thought Kadri had a good game tonight um, I probably would have gone in some order Kadri Lindholm and Toffoli and I know Toffoli is not great uh, career wise but just knowing what that guy has meant this year, I'm comfortable with him getting an opportunity to extend the shootout as the third shooter. So, uh, Stu in Tuscany doesn't agree. Uh, he says Toffoli two for 16 in career shootouts, and Daryl selects him for the final shooter. Weird flex, but okay. I just gave you my thought process as why I, I was okay with Toffoli. Um, but, you know, again, I try not to nitpick shootout choices all that much, but I, yeah, I would have put Lindholm in myself. Uh, this says from Miguel, Pat, the Flames had a slow start again, plus their playoff chances have been just dampened and the other key players didn't show up to a game when they needed them the most. That was a disappoint. This was a disappointing season altogether and the money wasn't well spent in the offseason for key acquisition players who are supposed to take them over the hump. Uh, this reads from Al. This game was an example of the Flames' season, not showing up in the first period or two and scrambling in the third. Getting beat by bottom feeders and beating top teams makes you wonder about the dynamics of coach and players. My question is, why can't they show up from the opening face-off? That's from Al. And Al, we, we touched on that a little earlier. I don't know. My, my hypothesis is that right now anyway, maybe it's the stakes but I, and, and, and a little nervousness, nervousness, but it's not like it's just a brand-new issue either. So I don't know. I don't know why it's been, and, and it's frustrating. It's whatever the reason, no excuse for it. it. It just, it can't happen at this time of year, and it has happened. The only other thing that uh, that, that text is missing from Al when it comes to how this game typified the season is that another loss in extra time, their 16th extra time loss. Think about just what a few more games decided in a shootout or victory for the Flames would do in this and where they would be right now. And that, that would be the final point um, that we're talking about in terms of how this typified the season. Uh, Dylan and Revy says, I'm a Huberdeau fan, but there's no excuse to have him in the top three shootout, guys. Kadri may have scored a goal, but it still makes no sense to have him in there. Add another couple horrible coaching decisions to the Sutter list. I doubt he gets fired this offseason, but I hope he does. What's your thought on the shootout lineup? Just gave that uh, a couple minutes ago, Dylan. So, um, but yeah, I, 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 Huberto is the one that I, I really didn't love. I would have gone Lindholm, and I didn't mind the other two. Uh, this from Jamie. They've just lost too many games to teams they need to beat. Montreal, Chicago, Vancouver, Arizona, Ottawa. 
The list is long and painful, much like the season. I called it a month ago. They're going to miss by one to three points. We're good enough to get in, but not bad enough to draft a difference maker. Decades of mediocrity is tiresome. Better luck next year. Uh, This reads, Pat was at the game tonight. Mixed feelings. Slow start. Great finish. Wish the league played 10 minutes of three-on-three. I still think the Jets are going to drop two more games for sure. Monday's absolutely the final stand. Have to get the W or the boys can start their golf clubs ready. Keeping the faith until the end. That comes from Doug in Canmore. Um... This says, so the loss really doesn't change a lot in my opinion. Always needed the Jets to go 1-2 and two and Calgary to go 2-0 and oh in the games after today. Getting the one point is huge. Uh, that's, that's an interesting way of looking at it. It hasn't changed. All that it means is that the Jets, the Jets couldn't go 2-1-1 one, and one before. Now they can, and that will be enough even if the Flames end up winning their final two games, which is no guarantee either. Um... This says putting Kadri and Huberto in the shootout over guys like Lindholm and Backlund, a truly shocking decision. I really wonder if this coaching staff's watching the same game that we are sometimes. It's unlikely Flames fans will be excited to watch this group next season. Uh, This from Brad and Athabasca. Shoot, sucks the season might have come down to a shootout. Not completely over, but we're down to the short strokes. Props on the third period, but where was that in the first? Onward and upward, carry that third period into the game against Nashville. Uh, And finally, this reads, tough loss for the Flames. Hate that critical games like this come down to a skills competition. Keep wondering, though, through this game, why didn't Lindholm, Toffoli, and Huberto work earlier this year? Seems like you have someone who can carry the puck, someone who can set up guys, and someone who can score. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why it hasn't worked now or didn't work. Now, they haven't gone back to that combination really at all, but I don't know why it didn't work earlier. I'd like to see it again, though, to that texter's point. 960-960 on the text line. Back there shortly, but now to the phone lines at 403-240-4444 as Flames Talk post games underway on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Pat Steinberg along with you. Also, of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. 403-240-4444 is your phone number, 96960 on your text line. Let's kick things off on our Flames Talk post-game phone call portion by saying hello to George. What's up, George? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight? I'm okay, man. How are you? Doing okay, my friend. So here's my first question for you. <clears throat> um, Matthew Phillips is absolutely dominating the AHL right now, right? And will very likely walk as a UFA after the season's over. Do you think it was a pretty big mistake by the Flames not to give him a longer look earlier in the season? George, why are we talking about and... Matthew Phillips after this game? <laughs> what a strange why? way to start. Because the guy's got 70-plus points. I get it. It just it seems like... like a really strange place to start, uh, Can kind of completely unrelated to the game tonight. Do I think it was a mistake? Yes, I do. It's just, to me, it's going to be sad that this guy's going to walk for nothing. And and the second part of my question is: Do you think like do you think that kid can land an NHL job with another organization next year based on his play? I think he'll get. I think he'll get a two-way contract somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Or may, maybe like maybe somebody team? goes one way, but I think he'll get a, a, a an NHL contract somewhere, whether he remains here or uh, goes elsewhere. I do bring it up, Patty, because you want to talk about like missing playoffs and why, and like there's a lot of reasons, but like not being able to score goals is one of those reasons. And 
I'm sorry, the kid didn't get a, a long enough look. I agree, but are you? Are you do you really think that Matthew Phillips would have been the difference this season? Probably not. But why? Like, what's the point of doing what you're doing? Again, down I there thought that they if, should have given him more time when he was up earlier in the season. I thought the whatever 16 or 17 minutes he got in the two games. I think the 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 frustrating part will be if he does end up signing elsewhere. The frustrating part will be that um, we're talking about not really knowing what he is in the NHL. Right. And and to my point, like you got a you got a farm team in the Wranglers that are like so many good things are happening down there. So many like Okay George, let's I, I, I don't, I don't I, and this is no knock on Matthew Phillips, so let's move on from that after this game. Okay. Um I'll give them credit for being resilient and all that, but the bottom line is a lot of people have said it. Like they lost so many games this year that they had, like they had no business being in this position to begin with. And it was, it was a tall ask to ask them to do what they were supposed to do this last week. And even, even with tonight, like pay what you want about the slow starts and all that Vancouver wanted more than anything to beat the flames tonight. And you know, you, you just, you had to have been better in the first, and that's what happens. And this team has sucked all year in extra time, and so it's no surprise of the result. And now, like I said, now they're in real dire straits. But it's just, like I said, well, I don't want to talk too much about the end of the season until the end of the season, but it's just, again, I'm not even, like I said, I'm not that upset about it because I saw this coming a mile away, and it sucks as a Flames fan, but, it's just I'm very curious to see what's going to happen, what the attitude is going to be organize, organizationally after this because it's it's the same old story. The, the, the ownership is just so hesitant to rebuild. Well, what would you like to see this offseason? Let's, so let's say that they end up missing. What do you want to see this offseason? What I want to see and what's realistic are two different no, things. No, but right? I'm, 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 what do you want to see? Realistically, I, I think that they will need to trade some of those upcoming expiring contracts for numerous reasons. Number one being that you're not going to be able to re-sign all those guys. It's going to be impossible financially. And B, I would like to see this team, I don't know, at this point, a rebuild is out of the question. Would I, would I like to see a rebuild? Yes, of course I would. I'm going to keep being that drum because we need elite players. I just don't know how you that's do that. Only, that's all. Like, How do exactly you even my do point. that? Exactly my point. I'd like to see it, yes, but you can't do that. The best they can do is a quote-unquote retool, and is that even a guarantee that's going to make the team better? And the other, the other part of that question is, okay, you bring in a bunch of other new players. Is that is just like chemistry's been a problem this year? You know, is that going to solve any problems? So it's, I'm kind of in this middle road where, like, I honestly don't know what they should do what they realistically can do, you know? And that's another frustrating part. Like, Well, and again, that's why I keep dick. saying the situation that they're in with the contracts they've got and all of what happened in this offseason, for me, I think that they owe it to themselves to see what year two is like with this new group. I mean, I, I really do think that they, they, they owe it to themselves to see what – year two with Huberto and Kadri can look like. Yeah, we'll see. But again, it's a, a lot, a lot to play there too, is will, will tree living be back? Uh, will, will Sutter be back? You know, well, that's, 
you know, maybe under maybe under a new coach they'll thrive. Maybe they won't. I don't know. I'm not. By the way, I'm not saying they should fire Sutter. I'm just throwing you know things out there because if if relationships don't get fixed in certain areas, I don't think I think it's going to be a moot point anyway. Yep. So, anyway, my friend, look, that's all I got tonight. To leave it on a little bit of a a more positive or funny note, um, I am continuing my campaign to one day become ombudsman of Flames Talk in the future. I already have one vote, Elaine's vote. You know, one can turn to two, two to four, four to eight, and et cetera. So I'm continuing my campaign, my friend. Okay, but I'm going to need you to start shows a little bit. Like, if we're going to go to your first, you got to start a little more on topic if you want to be ombudsman. Fair enough, fair enough. I'll work on that. <laughs> Just giving you a hard time, George. Good to hear from you, buddy. I'll, know, I'll keep it. I'll keep it. I'll, I'll, it, it will remain in consideration. Sounds good, my friend. Thanks, well, buddy. We'll talk to you soon here, pal. Yeah, okay, man. Uh, 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Following a Flames 3-2 shootout loss in Vancouver. Two more games to go. 80 in the books. Terry up next. What's up, Terry? Hi, Pat. Hey, a quick question for you off the bat. Um, by Monday, are you going to have the issues fixed so we can listen to the game on the internet? I don't. I don't know. Um, I. I don't. So, I'm not exactly sure what has happened in that regard. Like, I don't know the technicalities of it. Something happened, and, and um, it has to do with. Uh, it's it's a it's a kind of company wide thing. I I don't know the technicalities, but it had to do with I believe Major League Baseball, and so I I don't know. I hope so. I I'm Terry. You're not the only one. I get about seven or eight tweets a day about it. It feels like these days, uh, which on on the one hand is good news. It's awesome to have so many people listening abroad and listening in other markets that's awesome but at the same time yeah i I hopefully it gets fixed soon i i I wish i had an answer for you and i'm not even trying to dodge it i don't know the answer but i hope soon and that's as good as i can do for you right now because i don't even really know exactly what the problem is but uh, if you're wondering what terry is is asking about uh we've been having some issues um with uh we we haven't been able to uh get streaming outside of Canada over the last little bit. And it's not just 960, so I, I, I hope soon, Terry. I really do. Oh, uh, thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that update. I appreciate that. Before I go any further, I just want to say, hey, Pat, thanks for having me on this season. It's been a great ride. It's always good to have you on, Terry. Okay, now to get down to the serious stuff, okay? Okay. So far uh, this season... One in every five games, we get the loser point. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's about time they start practicing the shootout. Because this is just my opinion. Well, they actually, the I, I can tell you this, they actually do practice. I've see, I see them practice the shootout on a regular basis. Um, what we haven't seen a lot of is three-on-three overtime practice that, that I've seen anyway. Yeah, because the the three attempts tonight, in my opinion, were anemic. Yeah, they weren't uh, they weren't super dangerous looking. I'm with you there. No, that's that's for sure. Um, it, it's really a head shaker, and you know you can hear the marbles bouncing back and forth. That you can go from being the top team in the Pacific Division one year to not even making the playoffs the next year. Then that demonstrates, and this is just my opinion, 
how much Goodrow and Kachuk meant not only offensively but defensively to the team because they took a lot of pressure off of the other players by having the puck so much. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, they, they definitely – look, you, you, you lose a line of that caliber like they have, and, yeah, it's, it's going to – there's going to be – there's going to be some growing pains. I don't think that's the only reason why they are where they are, in, in my opinion, this year. But in saying that, yeah, there's no, there's zero doubt about it that they missed those two guys this year. Yeah, and then we have some people who have dropped off substantially, like Mangiopani maybe this year is like two years ago, and that's the best we get out of them. That last year was just an outlier. I don't know. I, I, I do think that there is more there from Manjapani, and I do think we've seen him be much better of late here. Um, he's, he's had a really nice run in the second half of the season. I've liked his game quite a bit, and I didn't like him as much tonight. That line with him and, and Backlund and Huberto fought it tonight, but over the last little bit, he's been heating up, and that, that, uh, he, he's been a much better and impactful player over the last little while. Okay, my last question, because I know you've got lots of guys that want to talk. Uh, what's the um, cap hit with if we got rid of um, Lucic? Well, he's an unrestricted free agent, so they would uh, lose 5.25 off the top of my head, if I remember correctly. 5.25 or 5.75 they would have come off the cap if they if, if Milan Lucic, uh, 5.25. Uh, so that's how much will come off the cap uh, if Milan is not re-signed by the team, which, you know, I I don't think he will be, but I, I can't tell you for sure. Right. So then if we can get rid of a couple other contracts, then maybe we can go out and in pursuit of a, a scorer. It's going to be tough to go big game hunting this off season for them with with they already have we don't know what the salary cap is going to look like next year uh but they already have terry like 81 million dollars committed to their cap for next season they're they're cap wise they're in a bit of a bind next year yeah we you know hopefully we'll get our 81 million dollars worth but because we sure didn't this year yeah has not that that is fair Hey, thanks a lot. I'll let other people talk. Have a good one. Good to hear from you as always, my friend. Thank you much. Thanks, Terry. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Following a Flames 3-2 shootout loss in Vancouver. Dylan is up next. What's up, Dylan? Hey, Pat. How's it going? I'm good, brother. How are you? Good. Good, all right. Um, Didn't think they looked very good tonight. Um, The third was good, but... Gotta have a sixty-minute effort. And, uh, I thought that they, I thought that they probably like for me. Second period was pretty dominant as well. But yes, yeah. no, no doubt about it. Good second, good third, bad first, and they fell down two nothing. And sometimes you just, how many times have we said it this year? You give an NHL hockey team leads, and you spot them goals. Sometimes they're gonna figure out a way to find way, whether they're behind you in the standings or not. Sometimes they're going to win, and you're not going to come all the way back. And tonight's another example of that, and it's it's been painful how many times that's happened this year. So, yeah, we can say all we want, and I did think they had a really solid 
uh, final 40 minutes in this game, but still had a bad start. So that's the reason, the main reason why they lost this game is because you give a team with Thatcher Demko between the pipes a two-goal lead, you know, Thatcher's got the ability to shut the door, and he did just that. Yeah, he was really good, actually. Demko was a good goalie. Made some oh, big he's a hell of a goalie. Over- oh, yeah, in overtime, he made some big big saves there, too. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if this writes the ship there. It's just too much of a climb. Winnipeg looked pretty good tonight. So, um, But Winnipeg, the, the only thing I'll say, like I, 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 it's even more unlikely that the Flames will make the playoffs now after tonight. But um, Winnipeg has looked really good and then had steps back many times this season. Just uh, go no further is they, they scored 12 goals in two games and then weren't very good against Calgary in, in a must-win game. Now, they were very strong tonight, and Hellebuck came to play tonight, but you know I don't put it past Winnipeg to have another game where they're not so good, and, and maybe they don't. Maybe that's done. But, you know, it's not like they've been um, the world's most consistent group here over the last little while. Yeah, no, and that's right. For me, it's the big thing is is I have a lot less faith in Calgary winning the last two games than uh, than Winnipeg being able because I I bet Winnipeg could lose the last two. I think Colorado, Minnesota will be good, good teams to beat and be tough ones, but I don't know Calgary. I think oh, as long as they stay tight in there, they might be able to find a way. But I don't know. I think it's uh, tonight they needed to get that extra point. They had their opportunities and didn't get it. And no yep. difference makers once again. Huberto goes and does nothing in the shootout. That's just not, can't have that. That's not enough. I thought Kadri was okay. I've been pretty hard on him lately. I thought he was okay tonight. So um, that's part of being a, being a fan. You got to gotta own up to it. As, as future GM, you know, I got to respect my players when they compete. And But I'm getting pretty close to wanting to resign as future GM, Pat. Jeez, you've barely been on the job, man. Well, yeah, but it's just been tough. It's uh, It's been really stressful on me this year and, me and my management group, we've really, really struggled. And we might be having to go to the Wranglers. That might be our next option. Okay. <laughs> okay, Pat, maybe we'll talk to you again on uh, when's the next game. Monday, Monday night. Okay, well, maybe we'll talk to you on Monday. Okay, Dylan. Good to hear from you, my guy. Yeah, we'll see you later. Okay, man. 403-240-4444. Things were jammed, and a couple of lines have opened up. If you want to chat on our Flames Talk postgame show on this Saturday night, 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Text line remains open at 960-960. Flames lose 3-2 in a shootout to the Vancouver Canucks, and um, their uh, quest for a playoff spot takes a hit. Not as big a hit as it could have been, but with Winnipeg's win and this loss, definitely takes a hit, no doubt about it next up travis what's up trav hey pat what's up well you know what it's uh the season's over honestly (laughs) there's no way to no other way to look at it (laughs) the flames aren't going to win their last few games so they're they're not going to make the playoffs let's just forget about that (laughs) okay um, travis knows everything man you got you know the future I'm, Come on, Pat. You you don't believe either. You can say that, but you don't actually believe they're going to make. No, the playoffs. I, I think they're probably going to miss the playoffs. But it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but so. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not going to sit here and not talk about it. I'm not going to just like ignore the fact that they still are alive either. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that, that's fair. But as as a fan, I I have no hope. Um, it's it's a uh, it's a disappointing season, Pat. It's a it's probably one of the most disappointing season, seasons I can remember um, as a Flames fan. Um, there's a lot of hype. 
you know, we all believe, but that's typically what, what we do as fans. And, and they let us down. They let us down big time this year. And in my opinion, what I'd like them to do, I, I, want, I want them to clean house, man. I, I would get rid of everybody. Like, um, start fresh. And I'm not saying you can do that on the ice, obviously, but I think you could do that in the, in the GM's office, the coaching staff, the scouting, like, like everywhere. Uh, we we need the direction of this franchise to change. If we keep the same people around and do the same things, we're going to get the same results. And the same result is year in, year out of the playoffs. Mediocre teams. Do you really think, and I, I, I ask because we've had this conversation many times, Travis, do you really think cleaning house will change that? I, I think over time it will, yeah. What what if the but if if the if the directive from the top doesn't change, does it really matter who is is in those spots to to truly get to what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's fair. Like, I don't think. Well, we're actually, who knows? Maybe, man, you change the scouting staff. I know we we've got some really good late picks. You know, it hasn't been horrible, but we've also. Yeah, the scouting you know, staff. The, the scouting staff isn't an area that I'd be I'd be looking at myself. Well, I just think you know Tampa Bay franchises like that. They've picked up literally studs in the second and third round, and that's really shaped their franchise for years. Sure, Braden Point, Kucherov. You know, so and I'm not saying every franchise can do it, and there's some luck involved. But I guess if we're not going to rebuild, that's the hope we got to hope for. Right. I just I, and, I think that I, I wouldn't go down that road. Like I don't think that the scouting staff is the area that needs to be completely gutted. But if you do I'm not saying you're wrong. Like that's it's you're totally entitled to your opinion. I just don't share that one particular. Like I think they've done okay, but I still think overall, year after year our prospect pool is one of the weakest in the NHL bottom third. And I, I think that needs well, to be part improve. of that's because you, they haven't had a lot of first round picks. Yeah, Overall, though, it's just about overall scouting. You're not always going to hit with the first, and you got to have some late gems. And I know they've picked up Gaudreau and Magipani and, you know, Erasmus Anderson but, but, oh, in the second. But I, I don't know. know. Again, Magipani. we're going to have to agree to disagree. I don't, I don't th- that, that, to me, is not an area that I, need, that I think they need to gut, but you do, and that's fine. Well, yeah, I just think it's it's kind of been status quo around the Flames for a long time. I just think sometimes um, you can do a whole lot worse, too, man, and, and that's what I think the worry is. But as a franchise, your objective is to win. Anyway, trap, you trap. We're just going around win. in circles. So that's what, no, no, what's but, next? But the overall objective is this franchise is to win, and it doesn't win. It's one nothing, Pat. It's one nothing. It's another disappointing season. Next year we'll make it. The next year we're going to miss. Like, how do we change that? We're well, but again, but you didn't even answer players. my question when I asked you. Like. If the directive doesn't change from the top and there's no appetite to rebuild, does it really matter who's pulling the string? Like who like is is changing the general manager going to change that much if the directive is still the same? Um even if you don't rebuild though, I still think you could be a perennial playoff team. Like I do think you can make the playoffs four or five years straight, six years straight. Okay, but so so, what do you want to see them do this off? Like, what are they going to do on the ice? Um, obviously, I think they would have to. I, I've maintained this for a while. I feel like we, we obviously have to add scoring. We, we're missing scoring. I don't know how you do it, but 
but we do have some players that people like out there. I feel like we have a lot of five to six million dollar players or five million dollars or more that that just aren't. So who like could you trade this off season scores. that would give you more? Like that, that would be a high end scorer in this um, league. Yeah, I don't know. I'd sign Lindholm. This is what I would do. I try to lock Lindholm up long term. You're obviously gonna have Kadri, Lindholm, Huberto. Like those two aren't going anywhere. I think Weger and Rasmus on the on the back end. Besides that, I would keep Dubé obviously, and the and besides that part, anything's on the table. Anything. Yeah, but I. But Honestly. again, like, do any of these pieces that you're that you're like, do they get you a top scorer in the league? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> you, you you don't think if you're dangling a Japani, a Hannafin, and a first round pick or and something else. So you, you just told me that you, you, you they need to do a better job drafting, and now you're dangling another first round pick. Um. He, he, yeah, if it brings you in that score, yes, I am. The I know, and again, way. like the, the, the elite score that you're talking the about, the elite years. score that you're talking about, I don't think that gets it done. Anyway, uh, we got to we got to start to move. We got to start to move on. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, Pat. I'm just I'm just disappointed again, man. I'm, I'm I so get frustrated. that. I do, I really do get I'm it. Like, like I I understand. I just want the team the to do well. I just want the team to do well. But here on the brighter note, here, here's a couple things. I think. Grasses took a big step this year. Um, you know, he could, at times he could be better, but I, I think he showed a lot of leadership, and he, I think he played well. The accident maybe threw him back a bit. I think Rieger's been pretty strong overall, so I'm excited about that going into the next mm-hmm. next season. I think Pelche showed, showed us some flashes of, of some good things he could do. Dubé had a, had a solid season. Toffoli overall, was he's been solid from day one. Um and then you know we have we have Wolf in the minors. I think we have Zary in the minors. So there's a couple pieces there too that I think we could be excited about in the future, right? Well, and um, and and one thing that I will say is that if like uh, you talk about them potentially cleaning house, well, it, it might happen anyway. The GM might not be back. He doesn't have a contract for next year. Uh, and and if they miss, I, I think that the the very least there'll be a conversation about making a coaching change as well, or or um, or or that will at the very least be discussed this off season about the direction things are going. So it, it might happen anyway, regardless of of our conversations. So we'll see. It's going to be a really interesting. Uh, I I know that I'm not taking any uh, holidays right away um, because. I'm quite curious as to how this offseason is, is going to play out. I appreciate the call tonight, Trav. Good to chat with you as always, my guy. What would be the time frame for them to make a move? I don't know. Trav, Trav. Okay. we got to move on. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You know, I do, I do respect completely ignoring my goodbye, and then I do respect that. <laughs> uh, Trav's a regular, so I can push him a little bit more. Um... 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Flames fall 3-2 in a shootout in Vancouver with Dylan up next, uh, our second Dylan of the show. What's up, Dylan? I hear there's a GM opening for Dylan's. We'll see. I haven't I haven't decided yet. <laughs> um, you were saying something about Lindholm having like an absurd amount of uh, high-danger opportunities and medium-danger opportunities today? Yes. Yeah, well, what were the numbers on that? So we had 11 yeah, shot attempts, 
all of them were scoring chances, and six of the 11 attempts were high danger. So he had 11 from, uh, the, the at the very least, the medium danger or kind of just outside the, the house, and then six of them were from the slot. That is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's his most dominant game of the season, I think. Oh, for sure. I, I really think Demko kind of stole that game. Like, e- even though he let in those two, I, they still think he stole. Oh, yeah, that I game. think he was he was very deserving of the number one star tonight. Yeah, yeah. So, I know a lot of people talk about the young guys, like uh, like George was talking about Phillips. Um, I I think there's young guys on the team already who deserve more of a shot that don't, you know. You look at a guy like Dubé who gets put on the first line, rips it up for half the season, and then has like one iffy game and gets put on the fourth line for. Six I don't even weeks. know if he had like that iffy game. Like he and I'm not. I'm not saying that because I agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly. I don't even know if yeah. he really played himself out of the top six. The I that was a really that was a big time head scratcher for me too. Yeah, it made makes no sense. And you look at how he played today. He was, he's a spark plug out there, and, and he gets into the corners and he you know, fishes out pucks for the two high-skilled guys on you know, two of the best snipers on the team, right? It just makes no sense why he isn't up there all the time. Yeah, I agree. And I thought Dubé had a really good game tonight. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, I, I know you've talked lots about, uh, about the uh, shootout already, but... Uh, I've got kind of hot of a hot take on it. Okay. Um, I, I know you said you want, you, you would have had uh, Lindholm instead of Huberto, which I, I agree with. Um, I was thinking pop doer in there. I don't know. Yeah. I, I like, I don't, I didn't like, I, okay. Here's, here's how my philosophy on selecting shootouts and this is just my philosophy. It's shootouts are a crapshoot more than anything else. Um, yeah. Even even now with the, them being in the NHL for as long as they've been, still a crapshoot in my opinion, um, and a coin flip. But my philosophy has always been go with guys who are going good that night. And obviously you've got go-tos. Like when you've got guys who are just naturally so good in shootouts, well, they're always going to go. Like a TJ Oshie, I think you're probably always going to put Oshie in a shootout. Sean Monaghan. Yeah, Monaghan was pretty good when he was here, especially early on. Like there are there are guys that I think yeah. you just always put in. Um even Matthew Kachuk when he was here, the guy was so good, and and the things that he did there, like the the creativity he showed, I just think yeah, you always that that's a a no brainer always goes in. But when for instance like this year, I don't know if they've got those no brainers this year. So I go with guys who are first of all that you know are are higher end players and and yeah. higher end offensive guys and have got that ability that would be number one in my eyes but also guys who are you know in in my eyes would be feeling it that night and so tonight I thought that Kadri was feeling it I thought he had a really good game all things considered uh, I thought Lindholm was feeling it um and and to Foley just knowing what he's done all year long thought he had a great game solid game and I'm comfortable even though his career in shootouts ain't great I'm comfortable having that guy in a key opportunity shootout overtime whatever so I had I had no problem with Kadri and Toffoli going. Um, 
I, I would have found a way to get Lindholm in there knowing how well he'd played. I wouldn't have gone yeah. Dewar because I didn't think Dewar played very well. To, or I didn't think that he was feeling it the same way. I don't think he played poorly. I just don't think he played as well as we've seen him or as well as he played Wednesday against Winnipeg. So I probably wouldn't have gone that way myself. Yeah, and I kind of agree with that as far as, uh, you know, maybe he didn't play as well as he usually plays or, or whatever. But uh, to me, he's he's shown that he can dangle pretty good, even when there's guys, like, even when there's defenders on the ice. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, I'd like to see a guy who there's no book on out there every once in a while in the shootout, especially when you have a guy who's, you know, again, I love Huberto, but as much, you know, he's botched how many breakaways this year? Like, like and he didn't play very well it. tonight. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to comment on, on one last thing about uh, what uh, I think Travis was saying there about uh, Brad. You know, I'm, I'm in agreement with him. Like, I, I think it's time for Brad to move on. But I do think that there's one thing, um, as far as you were saying, like the directive from up top. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the GM still has to bring the right ideas to the ownership you know what i mean yes the ownership has the final call and and calls the directive and all that type of stuff but i still do think that the gm has to bring new ideas to and i don't get me wrong i think he has but i think he could do a better job of it um that, that that's all i really wanted to say about that okay fair enough and then i, I think that's a fair comment okay well, you have yourself a great day, Pat. I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll message you on Monday. <laughs> I'm sure that I, uh, I recognize the number. It's almost off by heart now, Dylan. Uh, good stuff, man. Good to hear from you. Yeah, you too. Have a good one. Okay, you too. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Got a line open right now if you want to jump in following a Flames 3-2 shootout loss in Vancouver. 80 games to go, two remaining. And while the hopes aren't high or the chances aren't high, Flames still have uh, mathematical playoff life and an opportunity to win out and see what happens with two games to go. My name is Pat Steinberg. As our Flames Talk postgame show continues, our Alberta-made player of the game selected in the pregame show tonight brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery was Mackenzie Weger. Uh, Weger's been so good of late, thought he played really well tonight. 23 minutes and 30 seconds of ice time, four shots, five attempts, three hits. That was Mackenzie Weger's night as our Alberta-made player of the game. His defense partner is Rasmus Anderson. As the Flames fall 3-2 to the Canucks, let's go back inside the locker room and for the final time, let's get some post-game reaction from Vancouver and check in with with Rasmus Anderson. Rasmus, maybe just kind of describe this game and how it plays out in your eyes. Um, sloppy start, sloppy first period. Um, then second and third, I think we're the better team. Uh, we get some long uh, ozone uh, shifts and, um, you know, uh, we're creating some looks, but, uh, you know, Demko is kind of standing on his head. So, um, yeah, we're probably uh, second, third, and uh, overtime we, uh, you know, we probably deserve to get that extra point, but um, it doesn't happen. It's um, frustrating, but uh, yeah, we move on. Uh, Elias kind of mentioned just 
felt like maybe that game could have been put away before, like just the way that you guys generated momentum. I suppose that's the credit to, to Demko. But did you kind of see that snowball, you know, rolling in terms of momentum for your team? Uh, yeah, as I said, not good enough start. Um, even the first maybe few minutes in the second was a good, and then you know we uh, we get some momentum from killing a power uh, penalty kill, and then um, we get a we get a few long uh, shifts in their zone, and uh, you know we're generating, generating, but uh, you know uh, Demko makes some highlight real saves, and uh, we just doesn't put the the um, you know the three two goal in, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It's tough, obviously, um, with the situation we're in. But um, two games left. Talk to us about overtime. What did you see from your perspective? That uh, the first two minutes were nothing really happened, and then it was uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, you know, uh, you kind of you get a chance uh, and you give up a chance. It was kind of like that for three minutes straight, and. Uh, I think we had uh, the better looks uh, in overtime as well to put it away, and um, you know, unlucky Dubs breaks the stick, and um, and it happens. It's it's part of the hockey, and um, but yeah, we could have uh, we could have probably put that one away uh, before shootout. Well, back in the third, and, and obviously you guys have done it over the last number of weeks, not going away. I, I imagine that's the same approach entering Monday now. Yeah, just a, honestly a better start. There you go. That's Rasmus Anderson post game in Vancouver. Okay. Flames Talk post game's underway. Phone lines open 403 240 4444. Text line open 960 960. It's Pat Steinberg along with you. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. For all things basement, Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Let's get back to the text line at 960. 960, your final score. Flames fall 3-2 in a shootout to the Vancouver Canucks. This is Flames Talk postgame on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. My name is Pat Steinberg. Okay, uh, Wedley says, uh, got a point. Don't dream it's over, Patrick. Uh, and who keeps opening that creaky door? Yeah, that, that, somewhere in the Flames locker room, there is a creaky, creaky door in Vancouver. That visitor's locker room, they need uh, they need the, the person who uh, repaired the Tin Man to get in there. Um, this from Sonny, who says, I keep hearing everyone complain about the 16 extra points lost in extra time, even winning half of them would have put them in a better position. Imagine if they lose half those games in regulation, we wouldn't have meaningful hockey this late in the season. Either way, it's always frustrating watching this Jekyll and Hyde team when they're way better than the opposition. Still have hope, still believing. Go Flames, go. It's kind of a double-edged sword. The Flames have lost four 42, uh, sorry, 32 games this year. No, no my, my, my math was right the first time. They've lost 42 times and won 37 times. Now, 15 of those 42 losses have come with a point in them, uh, with 16, actually 43 times. Uh, so 16 of the 43 times, rather, they have picked up a point. I mean, look. That's how Montreal made the playoffs in the 56-game season because they got a bunch of loser points. They went to the Stanley Cup Final, which uh, I'm not suggesting the Flames are going to go to the Stanley Cup Final if they get in. All I'm saying is that those loser points can keep you relevant. And, and I remember that year, Flames, everybody was like, ah, oh, Montreal doesn't deserve to be in there with all those loser points. And 
they got in. Um, and points are what gets you in more so than wins. So the Flames, to Sonny's point, do have 16 points in losses, which is one of the main reasons they're still in this fight with two games to go. Uh, this says, it was a good game, slow start, nail-biter to the end, big money players in the shootout, they came up short. If they missed the playoffs, they just came up short. A couple games with different results, it would have been a different season. Uh, what else we got here at 969.60? This says, why didn't Lindholm get a chance in the shootout after an incredible game? I don't know. Um, I, again, I, we've talked about that quite a bit. I, I would have put him in. I don't like to nitpick shootout choices too, too much, but yeah, I would have gone down that road. Um, this reads, there's no way the Flames can bring back this team. They're too slow of foot and lack offensive skill. They need a power play quarterback. Anderson's not the answer. I know they have cap issues, but changes need to happen. I don't mind Anderson back there as the power play one guy at all. I think he's had a really good year in that regard. Rasmus Anderson has 49 points in 76 games. He's been just fine, in my opinion, as Calgary's power play guy uh, on, on the number one unit. Uh, this says, since Winnipeg is both tiebreakers anyways, one point versus two barely makes a difference. Good news is all three central life leaders are going to be fighting for placement in their last few games, so that's good news for the Flames. Keep up the hopium. Uh, this, Pat, why on earth didn't Sutter put Lindy and Rasmus in for the shootout instead of Huberdeau and Kadri? Talk about rewarding mediocrity, and one wonders why there might be issues in the dressing room if indeed that's true. I can't critique Sutter's system as it worked last year when all the the core players bought in and had huge success. The same cannot be said for this year's important players. Kadri and Huberdo. I can't stand Sutter's hard-nosed approach and his unfair stubbornness in utilizing rookies when clearly the veterans aren't getting it done. Sutter will be the prime reason why players like Matthew Phillips find success somewhere else. Do you think he'll be back next year to coach the team? Also, is there a way that they can trade Kadri's contract since they're stuck with that of Huberdeau's? My last question, why is Pelche not playing with the Wranglers since he's not being utilized by the Flames? How is this good for his development? Okay, a few things there. Um... Let's see whether or not they make the playoffs before I uh, give you a gut. I'll say this. If they mi miss the playoffs, I think that there is a decent chance that they will um, that they, they will think about making a coaching change. Um, I do. I, I really do. And, and the more that you hear, just the more that's being discussed, the more that you hear from people that you trust, people that I trust, yes, if they miss, I think that there is a chance they'll make a coaching change and a decent chance they will. Uh, as for Matthew Phillips, do uh, I think he'll be back next year? No, I do not. Um, as for trading Kadri, I think it's unlikely with the season that he's had that you're going to get any value there or, or that you'd get the type of value you'd want. And as for Pelche, I, I would send him to, if, if you're not going to play Jacob Pelche, I would send him right now to the Calgary Wranglers and let him finish out the year playing there. they got three games this week against Abbotsford, all in the lower mainland. I would send him there. I don't know why Pelche has sat for the way. I don't think he should have. I don't think he's done anything to play himself out of it. I think he sat now for 10 of 11 
makes no sense to me. Um, that's one that I really, really do scratch my head about. So I think sending him to the American League this week makes a ton of sense. If they're not going to play him, uh, send him to the American League is, is the way that I look at it. Uh, this from Stephen Red Deer. Pat, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Sutter has to go, and Treliving shouldn't be offered a new contract. Bring a young and progressive GM in and install Ryan Huska as head coach. I think it's too defeatist to just throw hands up and say nothing can change under this ownership. It might be true, but that doesn't offer a very bright future to the fans. Give some of the key players another chance next year, but fresh leadership at coach and GM is a must. Just my two cents. That's kind of where Travis was earlier um, from the text line, and, and that might be exactly what we end up seeing. I, it could very well be what we see. Uh, this says... Um, Patty in Lethbridge says, I watched the game tonight and thought the boys played well in a hard-fought game. Will in BC says, this game was not on Markstrom. I thought he had a good game, but the Flames were still out goaltended. I agree with you 100% about Huberto in the shootout. I was very disappointed to see him do the same gentle tap he did the last shootout. Lindholm for sure should have been out there. If the Flames were out at this point, do you think we'd see guys like Coronado and maybe Wolf in the last couple games? I guess we won't see them. Oh, well. I'd like to put in another vote for George for Ombudsman of Flames talk. He was optimistic as I was several months ago. I know it wasn't easy for him. It wasn't for me either. Um, we'll see what happens if, if they're out of it and eliminated by Wednesday, which could happen. I don't know. They, they might be in it. They might not be. If that game doesn't mean anything to the Flames from a, a playoff standpoint, then I would definitely, I wouldn't go Wolf. I wouldn't take him away from the Wranglers now for one game. I would go Vladar. Uh, or if Markstrom wants it, you could go Markstrom. But I would go, definitely I would put Coronado in. And, and I think Pelche sending him to the Wranglers would be the way to go. So maybe he doesn't get into that game. But I would definitely put Ruzicka back in. Um, I would give Coronado his game. So that's, that's what I would do. I don't know if they're going to, but that's absolutely what I would do. Um... This from Ethan in High River. 2022-23, uh, Jonathan Huberto is the facsimile of 2006 to 2008 Alex Tongay. Dude can hit a fruit fly mid-flight with a backhand saucer pass from 90 feet, but he ain't the one to put it in in the shootout. Now, if he could only start aiming his passes in the, into the top corner of the net, uh, they'll be in great shape going forward. Uh, that's from Ethan in High River. Um, this from Kevin and Morley says, shootout? We're talking about shootout? Why isn't anyone focused on the first period? Why are these players not pushing their limits in the very first period when their legs are the freshest? Is it a character flaw? Is it a lack of leadership? The Flames have the talent. They obviously showed that in the second and third period, but they don't have the will to strike first. Yeah, I don't know, Kevin. I really don't know why that has been so difficult for them over the last little bit. This from William. Bench Huberto for the next game and let him think about how a professional hockey player is supposed to take a shootout rather than a six-year-old taking a shootout. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, William. Uh, this reads, the Flames are a team of pluggers. They're getting older and slower. Meanwhile, the Ducks, Canucks, and even, even Arizona are loading up with young, talented kids. I don't like the Flames' makeup looking ahead. I hope I'm wrong. Um... <laughs> This says, tonight's not 
even really a loss. They won 45 of the 65 minutes tonight and just lost a stupid skills competition. And finally, this reads, Pat Sutter sounded to me more subdued in his post-game presser. Maybe he finally realizes his days are numbered. There you go on the text line at 969.60. Great stuff there. Let's get back to the phone lines here on your Flames Talk post-game. It's Pat Steinberg along with you. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. 3-2 shootout loss for the Flames on the road in Vancouver. Uh, back to the phone lines. Let's say hello to Anand. What's going on, Anand? Good evening, Pat. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? It's good to hear. Um, I'm glad I, you've texted a few times. Uh, I'm glad you gave us a call. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? I am good, my friend. Yeah, I have a couple of questions for you. So first one would be, uh, would there be any accountability change or leadership if Instead to appoint a captain for the team. Um, like, do, are, so are you asking whether or not things would have been different this year if they if they had a captain, or if they're going to name a captain for next year? Yeah, if uh, if they had a captain, would it be any different while they're playing? So, I don't. In my opinion, and I think everybody looks at this a little bit differently. Um, in my opinion. I don't think having a guy wearing the C this year would have drastically changed the way the Flames have have gone about things or how frustrating this year has been. In saying that, I think it's time, I think next season, whether it's Backlund or Tanev or Huberto or Kadri or Anderson or whoever, Lindholm, whoever you want to point to, I think it's time to name a captain for next year. All right, thank you. And my final question would be, when can we like realistically see Pelcher back on the team or even Matt Conorato? When do you think it will be most realistic? Um, so on the Pelche front, I don't know. Uh, I, I think they should send him back to the American League because he sat for so long. Not on merit. I think that the NHL is where he should be, but he sat for 10 of the last 11 games. So I would I would send him to finish the year in the American League so he can play and play in meaningful games. You can't do that with Coronado. So I don't know if Coronado's going to play. My guess would this year, my guess would be if game 82 is still meaningful for the Flames, we will not see Matt Coronado. But if they are for whatever reason, and, and there are definite ways that this could happen, if that 82nd game, if the final game of the season Wednesday against San Jose doesn't mean anything for them, then I think you will see Coronado. So I think the earliest that you would see either, well, Pelche, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe they make changes for the game against Nashville. I don't think Coronado would be one of them. But if they're not playing for anything on Wednesday, Day, I think you could see Coronado then. All right, and one final question, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, do you think for like Monday, do you think uh, Jacob Marstrom will get a rest and Vladar will play, or will it be Jacob Marstrom the go to start? I think it'll be Markstrom again. Markstrom again. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much, Pat, for the chat. Have a good night and talk to you on Monday. Yes. Call back anytime. Good calling, Ann. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay, buddy.
Appreciate it, man. Uh, good to have Anand's text it. He's a he's a newer Flames fan, newer hockey fan. Um, but uh, texted and now calling in. Good stuff. Appreciate that, buddy. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Let's say hello to Parsons from a first-time caller to uh, this is probably a call 976 for Parsons. What's up, buddy? Uh, 978. Ah, so close. You're off by one, but you're close, man. So close. So close. Um, first periods. This has been the bane of our existence all season. Yeah. It really disappoints me that you know, on games like this one, we should be getting up to the first period that we aren't. So, I have a lot of questions surrounding that. You know, including you know, where's the coaching? Where's the veterans that's supposed to be in the room? You know, we have a lot of Stanley Cup experience in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of brings me back to, you know, you were just talking about this with someone else about having a captain. Um, you know, I kind of feel like one thing about having a captain is is maybe, you know, like I, I've played hockey before, and one of the things is, you know, they're one of the guys who will get you up, you know, to get you riled up. And... I'm not sure if there's that one guy in that well, room. But I, I, do I don't know if there is that one guy. Uh, I, yeah. There's a, a few of them that, that you could point to. I just don't, and this is where I'm at, and that's what I, I said to the last caller in and as well. I just don't know if it really, one guy having the C all of a sudden changes uh, a year that, you know, has been so dysfunctional in so many different ways. I just, it's hard to convince me, and maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea, but it's hard to convince me that that one change would change uh, any of the, or very much of what we have seen this year from this group. Well, I, I will say this. If you have a good captain, like let's say in the Gila, um, he will rile a team up and he will get them ready for that first period. So Okay, I'm so but like sure I guess we... my counter to that would be and and yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong because again, I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Do I know for sure that it would or wouldn't? Of course I don't. And I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a for sure, but in my opinion I'm I'm not convinced that it would change all that much if anything. But so to counter that, like what so you know, you talk to, uh, I think Salam at, at TSN has asked this a couple of times recently. He's asked um, a couple players, like, in, in these big games where they've shown a ton of resiliency, who have the guys been that, you know, when they've needed a, uh, somebody to say something after 40 minutes of play or something like that, who have been the guys? Mm-hmm. And you hear the, the same list of guys. It's um, Backland, Tanev, Lucic, those types of things. So it, it would be hard to convince me, and again, maybe I'm wrong, but it would be hard to convince me that all of a sudden, well, okay, so Chris Tanev, what he say says would mean more just because he's wearing a C on his chest. I, I would suggest, well, I would think anyway, that that message would still be loud and clear whether there's a C on his chest or not. So that's kind of my counter to it. But again, I don't know for sure. You might be right, Pars. It, it might have changed. It might change things, I, or it could have. I have no idea. I think there's a lot of good veterans on this team, Pat. I just don't think there's any leaders, like in terms of captain material. But I'll just leave that at that. But and maybe and uh, and again, you know, you might be right, and maybe that's why they haven't named a captain because they yeah. haven't felt like there's anybody who's truly stepped up to take the mantle. Hey, I'm surprised 
to see you get uh, all caught up on the shootout thing. What do you mean? Well, you actually, you know, typically you. Yeah, that that's why I, I I usually don't like to get too <laughs> into shootout. And I, I again, I'm not really all that bent out of shape about it myself even here but i understand the i i really you know for me in shootouts when a guy's going really well i that and and the, he's also a really good player i think that you know it makes a ton of sense to put him in and that's why i really thought Lindholm well, would have been a good let's choice put it this make. way if you're talking about Lindholm, and i'm assuming you are yes okay well he also whiffed on 11 chances and six high danger chances tonight so yeah, would you I mean, can now? Would you consider the save that uh, Thatcher Demko made on him, Elias awesome whiffing? Demko was awesome tonight. That was not. But that to me was not a whiffed opportunity. He was going right, like he shot to score, and Demko said no. Hey, no, uh, I'm with you. I was happy to see Lindholm finally show up offensively. Um, you know, let's let's you know let's reel this back a little bit. He's literally scored half the goals he did last year. Um, the thing is, but now Huberto's my a, and, and, and even Daryl Sutter said a this three for five on shootouts. By the way, yeah, but I, I still didn't think he was playing very well, so I, I wouldn't. Have and put him in. I think I heard a texter say something about Tangay. Tangay was also great on shootouts. Scored a, he, he he did score some big goals for him. Anyway, my 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 thing on Lindholm is, yeah. He did lose two 100-point players on his wing, and I think he's a hell of a hockey player. I never think that you get a bad outing out of uh, Elias Lindholm. What we saw tonight, would you like to have seen those games more often? Sure, but he's still been a pretty good player for him this year, and and I do think he's one of the guys that has had to really go through some growing pains, learning curve, whatever term you want to use after losing that, that was still Lindholm was on that line and, and was kind of the, the yeah, conscience no, of that line, but that was 219 points on his wings that he lost. It's kind of, so I, I don't know what if do Elias Lindholm is a 40 goal scorer in this league. No, I think he's, he's a, he's, I think he's a 25, 30 goal guy. guy. Yeah. And I yeah. think he's a 75, 80 point guy. That that's kind of what I think Lindholm is. Maybe maybe 70 to 80 point guy. That's what I think he is, as opposed to a 40 goal guy on a night in night out basis or a year in year out basis rather. So I don't know. I, I has he been as good as he was last year? No. And do I think that there have been stretches? And I know that you and I have have kind of gotten into this a couple times before already. There's definitely been stretches yeah. this year, Parse, where I don't think he has been as impactful as he's capable of capable of being line mates or not. But I do think part of what we have seen is is a guy who lost yeah. 215 points on his wing, and that's going to bring some totals of down. Yeah, of course. I, I don't know what Majapani's excuse is, but um, he scored half the goals too. But, hey, I thought Markstrom was awesome tonight. Um, uh, honestly, I thought Marky is, he, you know, he's been doing his job. You know, um, he was true to his position tonight. He showed up for his team. I felt bad for the guy, actually, that we couldn't score on um, the shootout there for him. Um, I actually genuinely felt bad for him. Um, 
I don't know, man. I'm thinking the Chicago game is the one that's going to kill us. But, hey, I'm still hoping for the Battle of Alberta in round one, man. Um, well, I, the way things are getting, if the Flames sneak in and the way the Oilers are going, that might just happen. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be crazy? And I, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to leave you with this. If the Flames don't get in, if the Flames do not get in, yeah. I do not see anyone beating Edmonton. I don't want to. I don't want to. I know. Go wash know. your mouth out with soap, okay? I, I I'm gonna do it right after I get off the phone with you. I'm sorry. See you, Pars. Okay, bye. Uh, let's continue along. Following a three-two shootout loss in Vancouver, yeah. say hello to Dan. What's going on, Dan? Welcome to the uh, welcome to our Flames Talk post-game show. How's it going, Patty? Good, man. How are you? Good, man. I've been listening to you forever. This is my first time ever calling, but I've uh, got to say, I respect what you do every night. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, and welcome aboard. How are we doing tonight? I'm doing super good, man. So I just got a, just a couple things to say. Uh, so I was listening to a caller there a couple calls ago that was saying they are, like, uh, questioning our scouting ability. Yeah, that was uh, Travis who wanted a clean sweep of the scouting department. Yeah, which I, I don't understand that because, okay, I, I don't know who runs our uh, amateur and pro scouting, but Craig Conroy runs our college scouting, right, if I'm right? He uh, he takes care of, like, you know, they've got their area scouts that are uh, watching the game, so they've got guys in the Northeast and uh, through yeah, the Midwest yeah. and all that type of stuff. But, yeah, Conroy takes care of um, – you know, he kind of with with the help of the scouts, the area guys, he'll uh, he'll take care of the college free agents. Yeah, so Connor Mackey, yeah. Walker Dewar, Josh George, yeah. those type of guys. That's that's what I'm saying. So in the last like I don't know, it's like 2014, I guess we've hit on Mackey, kind of. You know, I mean, he's probably he's got he's got some upside. He's probably going to be an NHLer. We hit on Hathaway. I, I didn't even I didn't even uh, mention Hathaway. He's another one, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Right. We've uh, we've clearly got something in Dewar here. Seems like even even Adam Fox, like he we drafted him 66th overall out of college. Yeah. So that's got to be. So I mean, that's got that's got to say something, right? Like so. I think I, I think Calgary's even, I actually done a lot of good work in the draft myself, and that's why I I don't agree with where Trav is that the that the scouting staff needs to go. I think their amateur work has been pretty good with not without a lot of picks, um, and I think they've done a pretty decent job with with the the, the college free agents as you mentioned, and and uh, being able to get some pretty decent guys in later rounds. So yeah, I, I that hasn't been a big area for me that I think has been a, a massive weakness. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I feel, I feel like we're probably hitting above average on just like college players in general. Um, <laughs> so one, one more thing that I was thinking, or a couple more things. Uh, so, I mean, okay, you were saying that you don't understand why, why Pelche has been, uh, been benched for the last several games, right? Yeah. And I and I and I, I'm kind of curious too, but at the same time, he's being benched for Nick Ritchie. But at, at this time of the year, what you gotta, what you gotta think about is, is just straight up production, right? When they're in this kind of a race, what Nick Ritchie's got, what five goals since he's been acquired, and Pelche had two. Like I hear that, I, I do, and I think that there's something to that. And 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 you know, Willsey's brought that up before as well. That you know, sometimes in a situation like this, you need to produce. And I think that there's, it's very fair, but. I also don't think that Nick Ritchie every single night is this big time difference maker, and and I think what Pelche brings to the table in on certain nights could could be really helpful. Like in this game tonight, I think his speed and 
the enthusiasm. Like, I, I think that could have helped right off the hop where, where they were, you know, not very good to start the game again. So I, I, I don't think it needs to be like, oh, uh, by rule, Nick Ritchie should never be in and Jacob Pelche should always be in. But I just my feel is that I just don't think that they're even with the lack of production. I don't think on merit Pelche has deserved to sit 10 of the last 11 games. Even knowing the stakes I, I, of where we are right now, yeah, and I and I totally agree. But at the same time, you think about Nick Ritchie; he's playing for a contract, right? Like his next, he's he's playing for his NHL life, so he honestly is pretty motivated too. I'd say he's almost more motivated than Pelche. You know sure, Pelche but doesn't mean that it sure. doesn't mean that he's helped the team win on a regular basis all the time. But he almost did more than Pelche did, though. Like, how, like I don't know. And I mean, but, I don't, yeah, I, I don't I dislike saying. Richie as a player. I actually think there's a lot of nice, there's some decent skill there. Um, but I guess for me, I, uh, I just think that there have been times where you could have gotten a nice infusion from Pelche. That's all. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's fair enough. Okay, and just one more, one more quick yeah. thing. Uh, so let's say, let's say Sutter, let's say the Flames miss and Sutter does get replaced next year. Who do you think is more deserving? Do you think Mitch Love, because of his record the last two years, like the Wranglers are absolutely killing it this year, obviously. Uh, Ryan Huska, because he's got seniority and he did pretty well before too. Or do you think they should go outside the organization? Well, I like the idea. I'm a big, and I like Mitch Love a lot. I just, I, I think that they're, I think that pushing him in to an NHL job two years into his professional coaching career, I think it might be rushing it a little bit. That's my opinion. I'm a big fan, but I, I I think that a guy like that, some work as an assistant prior to going uh, the the head coach route in the NHL, there, there's something to that. I mean, look at what Ryan Huska did. He was the head coach in the American League for a, a number of years and then got his opportunity as an assistant on Bill Peters' staff. So that's that's how I would go on the Mitch Love front, personally. And on the Huska front, that's the way I, I'm a big fan. And I, I would I think if they were to make a coaching, staff, a coaching change – Hiring internally doesn't always work, and, and there's sometimes, you know, sometimes there are some, uh, sometimes it, 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 it backfires on you. But I think with Huska, he's won at the junior level. Uh, first of all, he's a player, so he's played. He's won as a player. He played at a high level. He moved on to coaching. He coached the Kelowna Rockets, and they were a very good team under him in the Western League. He has had success in the American League as a coach, uh, as a head coach in those leagues, and now has a good chunk of time as an NHL assistant coach with plenty of head coaching experience. His players respect him, uh, but at, at a large, um, like there, there's a large amount of respect there. And there's also a lot of familiarity with a lot of these guys, even having coached them in the American League. So I just think there's a lot of reasons that you could point to him and say that'd be a good choice. So he's, if they were to make a coaching change, he's the guy that I would be pushing for. So, yeah, you, you definitely think Husky over Mitch Love. But, I mean, like, it goes back to the same thing. A lot of people have pointed out that Calgary has one of the weaker prospect pools, right? Like, I mean, just on average, based on the fact that we haven't had as many first-round picks as a lot of other teams. But then just looking at like what, what, what the Wranglers have done the last couple of years, but I guess it could go back even to Stockton, right? Like, uh, uh, Husky did the same thing. They were really good in Stockton, too. So, do you think Husky over Mitch Love would be better? If it were me, yeah. I, I would I – would, uh, 
not I, – I would go – if I were going to go Mitch, I would probably see if bringing him into the NHL as an assistant would be the way to go, similar to what they did with Kale McClain when he was the head coach in, in Stockton. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think of Kirk Mueller? I like Kirk Mueller, I, I, and I think that he – He's gotten um, bites even recently as a head coach. I just think Huska, the reason why I push for him is because he almost got Detroit's job this offseason. I don't know if they're able to keep him much longer if they don't go the direction soon. Yeah, you think you think he's got that kind of clout? Hey, all right, all right, that's, that's fair, man. He, he was runner-up in Detroit. Yeah, fair enough. And honestly, I think he's a great coach too. Fair enough. Like, I, yeah, fair enough, man. Well, honestly, Patty, thank you for your time, man. I'm gonna uh, let you go, but have a great rest of your night. Okay, Dan, you be well, man. Good call. Yeah, you too, buddy. Have a good night. Bye. Two more calls before we wrap things up on our Flames Talk post game show this evening. Uh, as we say hello to Tony. What's going on, Tony? Hey, Pat. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Hey, you know what, Pat? Uh, the problem is almost every forward has underperformed this year, right? Our goaltending is one of the worst, what, save percentage in the league? Yeah, I mean, let's 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 be perfectly honest. Like the one of their biggest issues and and I there's a bunch of them, but if you were to rank them right near the top would be top players have not been often enough the driving force and three of those guys, I think you would point to it forward. Um, maybe even four of those guys, if you want to throw Manjapani and his down year into the mix, but definitely Huberto, definitely Kadri, and uh, definitely Lindholm, even though Lindholm, I, again, Lindholm's never bad, but you know, he has not been as dominant or as impactful on a regular basis as he was last year, even with how good he was tonight against Vancouver. And then, yeah, Markstrom, uh, who was a Vesna Trophy runner-up last year. So you've got Markstrom and his drop-off. You've got a little bit of a drop-off when it comes to Lindholm's play. And then you've got your two big-time newcomer forwards that have had significant and in Jonathan's case historic drops in points per game year over year and and when all of those things get factored in the fact that they're still fighting for the playoffs this late in the season is actually pretty remarkable yeah I guess yeah um like I said even if these players had even even just below average a little bit we'd probably be in the playoffs but it's such a drastic drop yep and you know so, like I said, like this this off season, you're not going to touch goaltending. It is we have Marshall for three more years, and you know what? I don't think he can be this bad next year. I think he is going to be better. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to get a goal scorer, man, and you got to get team speed. I don't know how you're going to do it. You might have to give up someone like Hannafin and a top prospect to get a, a decent goal scorer. I'm not sure if that's going to help, but I mean. And team speed, you you got to work on that, man. And you got to bring some of these young guys up, like you know, Dewar. I'm pretty sure is going to be a regular next year. Palchi should be a regular, and see what else. Zari, maybe I don't know. You got to. That's how you're going to save money, where you can use that money to, maybe to get a, a proven goal scorer. And then maybe Coronado fights for a spot. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but I think that. If if Coronado can be 
and we'll see if we get, if he gets into a regular season game this year or not. But if if Coronado can be um, a little bit of a if if he can show in training camp that the NHL isn't um, completely over his head, then I think there's a, an interesting guy to watch for next year as well too. And I think Pat, the only issue here is for these rookies to actually get a chance next year. Sutter's got to be gone. Like, I know we can't keep changing coaches, but I mean, Sutter's not going to play rookies. He's just not. And if, you know what, we're not going to rebuild. Let's, you know, I'd love to, but you're not going to with the contracts we have with these few players. They're going to, they just burnt one year of, I thought, you know, maybe of a three or four year window that they had, but Mm -hmm. so they're not going to rebuild. They're going to keep trying. Like I said, they have to work on that. And, uh, well, I guess we'll see what happens next year, man. Like, uh, so you're uh, you're you're not seeing a playoff appearance in their uh, in their cards, Tony? I know I'm I'm asking you that tongue in cheek. I I know you I, have I it don't. For quite you some know what, time. Pat? There's a chance here, but I really don't think so because the only good thing here is you have Winnipeg. They'll beat. They'll win the next game. Maybe Probably. they haven't. They've they've had trouble with San Jose all year. Okay, Calgary, regardless, has to win the next two games, right? Yes, yes. So, so even if Winnipeg wins the next game, the only good thing about this is that they have to play Minnesota and um, uh, well, Colorado. Colorado. And the problem, those teams are going to seem to, they're going to have to play right to the end, it looks like, to try to get first or second place or whatever. Yeah, we'll see. That's- we'll see uh, how close that race is, and we'll see how important that is for some of these teams as opposed to, you know, sometimes the management and, and energy levels. Uh, we'll see. I'm really curious as to how that all plays itself out. But there, there's a chance that what you're talking about is is very accurate, and those last two games for the Jets could be really, really difficult games for them. We'll see. You know, Pat, the, the only good thing about this season is the post-game show. It was great talking all year. You did an amazing job again. The callers were all good. I had a great time, and uh, you know what? We'll see what happens, brother. You take care. Good to hear from you as always, Tony. Appreciate the kind words, my guy. Let's uh, last call tonight is Bryce on the Flames Talk phone line. What's up, Bryce? I'm doing all right. How are you again? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The 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 Cheeto guy that was um, a little tough one. At least they got a point out of it after they removed him. Yeah, they they showed some impressive resilience again, man. That's something that you can't knock this group for over mm-hmm. the last uh, month or so. They uh, they really uh, have no interest in in going away in games and 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 just overall. And I give them a lot of mm-hmm. credit for it. Yeah, for that, yeah, for everything that's going on. And yes, they uh, they don't give up there. Then that that's a good time. That's a good thing. I think it's a good trade to have. It may not. It may be too little, too late for this year, yeah. but I still think it's a a good trade to have. Yeah, maybe it, it. Maybe they'll hopefully learn, and then they'll get the experience now. The comeback now. Maybe they'll do more of that next year. Instead of that'd be the hope, um, anyway. Yeah, yeah, like they did when they were like when they were all those overtimes and they won them right that 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 year, and then maybe. Hopefully, some maybe good times and through uh, an awful kind of off season and 
this year. And yeah. I don't think so. Um, player wasn't hurt. Um, and, yeah, I don't think so. My guess would be no. I, I would be surprised just based on uh, how how the NHL Department of Player Safety uh, goes about things. I, I would be surprised if there was any supplemental discipline there. Still there, Bryce? Fine line kind of thing. Bryce, I, I can barely hear you, and you're just, you're, yeah, I can. Oh. Kind of cutting out all over the place, too. I know. Sometimes my phone's like that. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, that one, yeah, just sometimes you don't know what, like, a call, like, um, anything, like, 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 really a fine line kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think that he got a little overzealous and, and probably a little mm-hmm. over aggressive on the play, but I don't think there'll be any supplemental discipline myself. Okay. And maybe one last. Um, hopefully, if, like they said, like a lot of callers are saying, if, if, when, if they do get eliminated and there's one game, and then maybe they'll come up with that line of Coronado and um, Pelche and Rizicka. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe. Kid line, maybe. It would be neat to see. Yeah. And then see where that goes. And then, and yeah, I'm not saying that I don't want them. I want them to get in the playoffs. But at, at no, but that point, would be if, if they do yeah. end up missing and it's decided before Wednesday, that would be a, that'd be a pretty cool thing to see. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was calling. And then for all the times here, I really appreciate this post game shows. And you're really, you're really on it. And, honest and keeping us still excited well i appreciate it price it's been good having you a part of it all year long there's still two more post game shows to go though yeah okay buddy yeah you take care have a great night hey yeah you too thanks bryce and that will wrap us up on the phone lines this evening and great stuff at uh on our phone lines as per usual and as always great stuff on the text line as well 3-2 3-2 in a shootout. Flames fall to the Vancouver Canucks in game 80. They've got two more to go. Um, really, not a ton has changed. It's just become a little bit easier for Winnipeg. The Jets win tonight 2-0 at home to the Nashville Predators. The Flames only get the one point, so the Jets need only three points between now and the end of their season with three games to go to eliminate the Flames no matter what Calgary does. Um, at the same time, the Flames were looking at this as a situation where they had to win out, and that hasn't changed. Realistically, they need to win out, and that'll put a little bit more pressure on the Jets. Next opportunity for Calgary to win is against Nashville, and if they beat Nashville on Monday, they will remain with mathematical playoff life regardless of what happens in Winnipeg's game Monday against the San Jose Sharks. If Calgary wins on Monday, they will remain alive in the playoff race 
how much life they have after that game all depends on Winnipeg. But Flames take care of business on Monday against Nashville. Their 82nd game could mean something. The Jets play Monday and Tuesday before the Flames wrap up their regular season on Wednesday. We're starting to wrap things up on our Flames Talk postgame show. It's Pat Steinberg along with you. And uh, let's get to tonight's final summary as Vancouver came out flying in the first period and put the Flames behind the eight ball. Eight ball rather starting with Cole McWard, who just recently signed a contract with the Canucks in his second career NHL game. The new Canucks defenseman scores his first career NHL goal. McWard's first NHL goal came at 9.03 of the first period. Dakota Joshua and Jack Stidnika draw the assist to make it 1-0. And then, on a power play just over four minutes later, Elias Pettersson uh, rips home his 38th of the season. This is a Calgary power play. A shorthanded goal for Pettersson from JT Miller at 13.29 gave the Canucks a 2-0 lead. That was the score after 20 minutes of play. No scoring in the second period. So to the third period we go. Elias Lindholm gets the Flames on the board 38 seconds in. Lindholm's 22nd from Dylan Dubé and Tyler Toffoli made it 2-1. And then at 6.07 of the third period, right as a power play was expiring, Nazem Kadri ties the game for Calgary. His 24th from Noah Hannafin came at 6.06 and made it 2-2. And that would be your score after 60 minutes of play. Off to overtime we go. And there were copious chances at both ends. It was an extremely entertaining three-on-three stretch. In the end, no scoring. This game off to a shootout in a 2-2 tie. Final shots on goal were 43-32 in favor of Calgary. Flames 0 for 2 on the power play, although Kadri's goal came with a second, uh, one second after a power play expired. So officially 0 for 2, but essentially 1 for 2 were the Flames on the power play tonight. Vancouver 0 for 3 with the man advantage. To a shootout we go. Vancouver started things off. Andre Kuzmenko first shot scores on Jacob Markstrom. Jonathan Huberdeau does not score for Calgary. Vancouver does not score on any of their next two shots. JT Miller and Elias Pettersson both unable to score. Uh, Nazem Kadri doesn't score on Calgary's second shot. Tyler Toffoli with the game on his stick and an opportunity to extend it uh, does not score himself. Uh, Thatcher Demko makes all three stops in the shootout and the Canucks get the extra point. The Flames only get the one. So with the shootout loss, Flames fall to 37, 27 and 16. They're back in action Monday at home to Nashville while Vancouver improves to 36, 36 and 7. They're also back in action Monday. They're on the road in Los Angeles. By the way, three stars tonight. Number three, Cole McWard. Number two, Elias Lindholm. And number one, Thatcher Demko. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Peter Labardius and for our outstanding producer Azam Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk postgame show available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've been coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. For all things basement tea, visit dlbasementsystems.com.
Next up for the Flames, Monday night. Note the start time for Monday's game at the Dome. Game 81 and the 40th home game of the regular season. Flames, Nashville, 7.30 p.m., which means we'll be on the air at 6.30 p.m. with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Final score from Vancouver tonight. Flames fall 3-2 in a shootout to the Canucks. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Alpine Credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. This is CFAC 960 AM, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. A Rogers Sports and Media Radio Station. Flames Radio is only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thanks for listening. Sportsnet.ca slash 960 has games and times for the next Flames Radio broadcast. This is a copyright broadcast. No retransmission, streaming, recording, or copying of the broadcast in any way is allowed without the permission of the Calgary Flames Hockey Club and Sportsnet. 960. Calgary's home for the Flames and the National Hockey League is Sportsnet 960 The Fan.